Hi, and welcome to a Dad's Path podcast. We're real dads solving everyday problems. Each week, we tackle issues that dads everywhere face and deliver actions you can take right away. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode and go to adadspath.com to get our free newsletter exclusively for dads. Our goal is to help you make fatherhood count. Dad on. Hello and welcome to another episode of a Dad's Path podcast. I'm Will Bronstein. Today we're here with Anna Udina. She's the Senior Director of Marketing Initiatives at the Toy Association. We're going to talk about what that is. Anna is spearheading a specific area at the Toy Association called the Genius of Play. It's an initiative to raise awareness of play as a crucial part of child development and encourage families to make time for play in their daily lives. It was launched in 2015 to reach millions of parents, caregivers, educators. Uh, it's really interesting. So Anna's going to tell us about that. And it's also she's also leading the Toy Association Strategic STEAM Initiative. That's science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. You've probably heard of that. And they've done a lot of great work there, which we'll talk about. And you know, for us dads, it's going to be really interesting, again, as we dive into what STEAM is and how that can help our kids and help them learn and even taking a step back and learning about the importance of play and uh, why toys are important. So that's where we're going to start. But first, welcome, Anna. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Will. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. So what did I, well, maybe do you want to introduce the Toy Association? I'm going to ask you what I got right or wrong, but maybe just give in your own words what the Toy Association is and kind of what you guys do. Sure, it's my pleasure. So the Toy Association is the leader of the toy and play industry. So we are a not-for-profit trade organization and we bring together members like toy manufacturers, for instance, companies like Lego, Hasbro, Mattel, and many, many others, retailers like Target and Amazon, toy designers, and pretty much everybody else in the toy and play community. And as far as what we do, we do a lot of different things. The Toy Association addresses industry-wide issues, for instance, like toy safety. And we advocate for our members on important legislative and trade issues. We also have events like our signature Toy Fair New York. It's actually coming up in late October. Oh, sorry, September. <laughs> coming up in late September and early October. And this is where toy manufacturers and toy buyers come together. There's also a lot of media. So, and the manufacturers showcase their new products, so all the new toys and trends. And one of the most important things, especially for this audience, I know that we're talking to dads, new dads, any dads really so one of the most important things that we do is promoting play and supporting parents like you guys with play activities things to do with your kids expert advice really helping your kids grow and develop through all kinds of play and that is what the genius of play initiative is all about this is where i spend a lot of my time at work that's awesome. Yeah, because we're—I mean—we're going to dive in again to the different types of toys and play, and and talk about screen time. That's obviously a hot topic, not just for parents but for kids, right? That's at a young age they start start learning about that. So we'll dive in there as well. But one just quick fact I read from your website—I don't know if it's still accurate—but your your members that manufacture toys account for ninety three percent of U.S. toy and game sales. 
So whatever number that is, that's in, in other words, every toy manufacturer pretty much goes through you guys. So it's cool to be having this conversation and see kind of yeah what, what you're seeing and. Absolutely. The Toy Association represents all kinds of toy manufacturers and, and toys. So we talk about all kinds of toys, not just any specific brand or type of toy. Yeah, no, that's, I like it. We won't, we won't pick We toys. also do a lot of work on toy trends. So that's another area where the Toy Association does a lot of research and we're always watching for toy trends and how they change and evolve and what is uh, hot and popular right now. Okay, well, you can't just mention that and then we let it, let it, you know, die on the vine. So you gotta, gotta give us uh, some meat here. What are some of the, some trends that you're seeing? What, you know, what, what are some changes? What are some things you're excited about that you think dads, you know, should be excited about, new dads should be excited about? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the trends that we're seeing right now is actually called back to basics. So you mentioned screens, but there's, there's also a lot of interest in play as a form of self-care. We actually did a survey amongst parents and the vast majority of them, I think over 70% said that they do play as a form of self-care. So Actual basics and self-care can mean a number of different things, but we are seeing toys that help instill healthy habits in kids, for instance. It could be something like exercising. It could be something like sleeping well, um, taking up a new hobby. That's part of that as well. Meditation and mindfulness could be part of that as well and different toys that promote mental health. So all of that sort of like ties into this actual basics trend where we see a lot of traditional play patterns, you know, toys where they help you make cookies or baking ovens and things like that, that, that we played with as kids, they come back reinvented for today's generation of kids. Interesting. Yeah. It's uh, what's old is new again, or new is old again, whatever, that, whatever the saying is. Totally. Um, and I'll, I'll, I just, I just got to share another trend with your audience of uh, dads, because I think they're going to love it. It's called kidults. And what it means is that play is no longer just for kids. And there are more and more adults, teenagers, young adults, and really people of all ages that turn to toys and play as a form of stress reduction, as a form of self-expression. So we are seeing, you know, adults playing with Legos and other construction sets, adults being into collectibles, adults being into crafts and arts and all sorts of toys that promote those hobbies, music. So it's really it's really becoming powerful and has been the driver of the toy industry growth actually over the past couple of years. No, oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, no, because I, I know you see, you know, adult coloring books, for example, got quite popular. And, and yeah, I know you hear about and see Lego sets that are obviously not meant for, you know, seven year olds, you know, because they're insanely complicated and then there are hundreds of dollars right so <laughs> exactly exactly and you didn't even mention the board games that is also a huge market not just for kids but for adults and and senior citizens as well so there is a lot of emerging evidence that playing games and all the social interaction and mental exercise that comes with that that can actually impact positively how we age just like exercise can delay aging, so can games and play. So 
a lot of older adults are also looking to turn to play and play those games and engage with other adults or kids and grandkids and you know whoever is a kid in their family in their life uh, that is a very popular emerging trend right now as well hmm. May, that makes a, little, a lot of sense and you know along with all that of course is there's a bridge where you can connect right like if you're into legos or you were into legos then and maybe you want to get a lego set for yourself you can get a a different Lego set for your child, but those are, you know, you can be working in parallel or just see that you have that in common or music's another great example. You know, if you're a musician or play music. So yeah, play, I mean, it's interesting. You sort of forget about it as you get older, but as you're saying, you're seeing resurgence in adults who are saying, Hey, this, you know, is good for me. You're seeing science that's saying, Hey, this is actually, yeah, pretty good for you. Kids already know the importance of play and you know, this podcast right now, we're talking to a bunch of dads, and they're trying to connect with their kids. So it's, you know, again, I think this all goes together really, really nicely. And maybe that'd be my final sort of advice for dads is, you know, you want to follow your your kids lead on what they want to do. But at the same time, there's nothing wrong with help driving and say, here's a Lego set, I used to love Legos, or here's collectibles, you know, a Beanie Baby or whatever it is, or crafts or board games. Anyway, super interesting. And, you know, on one thing you mentioned also, with the different types of play is how you can improve emotional well-being through play. And, you know, I don't know how much you've seen or you're aware of, but, you know, we're seeing a lot more mental health challenges for, unfortunately, for young young kids. So part of what we want to do is help, you know, give give our kids the strength, the tools so that, you know, they're less likely to have emotional challenges. And if they do have emotional challenges, which most of us do, that they'll be able to work through them. So I'd be curious, after all that, for you to share, I guess, maybe just at a very high level, how play can contribute to a child's emotional well-being, how it can help them with their mental health. And then if you could maybe go into some specific types of play that you think is is helpful there. Yes, thank you. And you're absolutely right. Unfortunately, we are seeing more mental health issues amongst younger and younger kids. So play can help in two major ways at a high level. The first one is obviously stress reduction. And look, um, today's kids can be very busy, even the young ones between school or kindergarten and homework, extracurricular activities, schedules can be tight. And our education system also tends to emphasize academics and test scores. And that is unfortunately no longer just true for elementary and middle school kids. That is also true for kindergarten. They say the kindergarten is a new first grade. So there has been this pushing down of the academics in in schools and kindergarten. So uh, the, the downside of that is that Kids are still young and they're still developing emotionally, physically, cognitively. So it can be a lot. It can cause a lot of stress. That obviously depends on the kid, but on average, it can be really stressful. So it's really important for parents to provide a balance, to provide an outlet for emotions. And play has been proven to be extremely effective as an emotional outlet. And for younger kids, I know a lot of um, dads in the audience, They you mentioned they have toddlers, they have preschoolers. Well, well, you know, preschoolers, one of their favorite ways to play is let's pretend. 
let's imagine we're doing this and that. And they have their action figures, dolls, stuffed animals, play sets, whatever it is that they have. And they imagine all sorts of stories and scenarios with those kinds of toys. So according to science, as they chew that, they work through their feelings. So let's say something happened on the playground, somebody like another kid chewed their toy and they got really angry or they got frustrated. They have those big difficult emotions that they're not adults. So they're not really prepared to handle them. So play is actually how they work through those emotions. And in the process, they learn the art of self-regulation, which is basically how to manage anger, how to manage frustration, disappointment, or whatever the feeling may be in a constructive, positive way. So that is that is the other side of that. So the first side is stress reduction. The other side is actually learning how to cope becoming more emotionally resilient. And I'll tell you that the genius of play this year partnered with a mental health expert and we developed what we called emotional wellness playbook. And that is a resource for parents with activities and games that they can do with their kids specifically to strengthen their emotional intelligence skills, not just self-regulation, but other key emotional intelligence skills like emotional awareness, for instance, motivation, social skills, empathy, knowing how other people, understanding how other people are feeling. So there is an activity in the playbook to help build each key pillar of this emotional intelligence. And if you consider that, according to studies, emotional intelligence is actually a better predictor of career success than IQ, than purely cognitive skills, then you definitely want to invest some time into helping your kids develop that emotional intelligence because that will just prepare them for, for their future adult life in many great ways. Yeah, no, absolutely. We you know stress the emotional side all the time, emotional intelligence, and it's a, it's a, it can be a hard thing to define. I think you did a great job of giving examples and you mentioned uh, the emotional wellness playbook. Is that on your site? I'll put yes, that in the show notes. Uh, yeah. You can find the emotional wellness playbook on thegeniusofplay.org. This is our website, and there is a play ideas and games tab on the website. This is where you can find our emotional wellness playbook, also our STEAM playbook. I know we're going to talk about STEAM, so here is a little bit of sneak peek. We have a STEAM playbook, and you can also find literally hundreds of different play ideas and activities that you can sort by a child's age. So if you have a toddler, great. If you have an older child, an elementary school child, we have activities for those kids as well. You can also sort by developmental benefits. So in addition to emotional, there, there are five other developmental benefits that play has for kids. So there are six in total, physical, cognitive, social, emotional, creativity, and communication. So whatever you're interested in focusing on, you can just filter down activities by that specific benefit. Let's say, you know, you, you want to develop your child's vocabulary and communication skills, then you can find activities for that. Or let's say you are looking for emotional skills, then you can filter down and find activities that strengthen emotional intelligence. 
Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'll put that in the show notes. It sounds like a very valuable tool for all the stats out there. So yeah, thank you. That's, that seems very interesting. And, and as you were, you know, alluding to, you know, you have some STEAM activities, and I'd love to dive in on STEAM, because that's something that we've, you know, dads know about, I think, or have heard about. But if you could just kind of define real quick what, what it is, what it stands for, if I could put you on the spot. And then also, I think you de- you developed criteria for what means what's a STEAM toy and what's not. And so yeah, I would love to hear a little bit more about that process and what STEAM is. Start there, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll start with the basics. What is STEAM? STEAM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts, and Mathematics. So that term emerged in education first. It emphasized the importance of interdisciplinary approach, which is why it's not just science, it's not just math, but it's STEAM. And it integrates arts because creativity is critical to innovation. And innovation is absolutely critical to science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. So it all works together. So in terms of toys, STEAM toys basically are educational toys. They're still toys. It's not an educational material. It's not homework. They're fun. They're toys. But they pack a lot of education. Specifically, they are helping kids build age-appropriate skills in STEAM, in science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. And you're absolutely right. The Toy Association developed a couple of years ago specific criteria for what it means to be a STEAM toy. And the reason why we did that really is to help manufacturers as well as to help parents, to help manufacturers in guiding them towards better product development, product development that's actually rooted in child development science, and to help parents but by making it easier to shop for STEAM toys. Because unlike just any toy, they are more than just fun, they are educational. They, they are supposed to help the child achieve specific age-appropriate learning goals. And we wanted to make sure that when parents are shopping for STEAM toys, they are able to easily find the toys that, that demonstrate that, that they help kids learn those goals. So, so we developed the STEAM assessment toy framework, and we actually offer accreditation to toy companies, not just toy association members, but any company in the toy industry can apply for accreditation. We have an amazing third-party partner called the Good Play Guide, and they have decades of experience in toy evaluation and testing. They have child development experts on board. So what happens once a toy is submitted for accreditation, it goes through a rigorous evaluation process. And of course, kids get to play with the toys. I get this question a lot. Do you actually have kids playing with the toy? Absolutely. So age-appropriate, kids in the age-appropriate group, they get to play with the toy. They are being observed by trained child development experts, specialists, and they are making notes as they are observing. And what they're looking for, well, does the toy follow the criteria outlined in our framework. And to give you a taste of that, for instance, we have a whole class of prime STEAM attributes. So those are things like real world relevance, active involvement, logical thinking, free exploration, step-by-step learning, arts, and creativity. So 
all of those attributes are required in a good steam toy. So what those child development experts are looking for is the presence of all those elements. And they're also looking for learning goals in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. So that is really important. In the framework, we have the learning goals by discipline and by age. So if you have a three-year-old, for instance, what are the appropriate age-appropriate goals that there's a or concepts that they're supposed to know in science? What are they supposed to be learning in math? So that is all detailed in the framework and the toys that pass the accreditation we are confident that they actually they are effective in helping kids of every of the age that they're intended for master and practice those concepts. Awesome. No, thank you. That was a great overview and both of Steam and 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 your guys role there. I mean, that is ideal to have toys that are not just you want to have both, I think, you know, toys that are just like we've talked about imaginative where you can just use your imagination and build that muscle, but also there's nothing wrong with more directed playing with steam toys. And just to make it a little bit more, you know, concrete, what, you know, if you're recommending some steam toys, or you've seen some interesting steam toys for, you know, dads that, you, you know, to give to their kids who are maybe five and under, or who have little kids at home, can you think of, can you give us some examples of what, you know, innovative uh, toys you've seen? Absolutely. Well, first of all, all these Steam accredited toys, and we have over 200 of them, they can be found at the geniusofplay.org slash Steam. So you can find to- a lot of them are for ages three plus. And I think there are a couple that are even for kids who are younger than three, like 18 months old. So you'll definitely be able to find toys for, for toddlers or preschoolers. We also have a partnership with Amazon. So you can also, or your dads, your audience of dads, they can shop Steam accredited toys in the dedicated Steam accredited toys storefront on Amazon. So if you just Google Steam accredited toys, Amazon, our storefront is going to come up and you will find a variety of toys. In terms of like what I saw that was interesting, well, all kinds of construction toys. Oh my God. I think dads love to build. I think that's definitely one of the things that I love to do with my dad, building all sorts of things. And there is a lot, there are a lot of construction toys for kids of different ages. Some of them are a little bit more complex, so they would be more for eight plus, but there are definitely choices with like magnetic tiles and whatnot for kids that are younger. And another category of toys that I really like are coding toys for young kids, like three plus, because I think we all realize how important computer science and coding is to our life, increasing in importance, like every day, everything is technology powered, you need programmers, you need computer scientists. Not everybody is going to become a computer scientist from playing with a toy, but it's a great introduction to that kind of thinking, to that kind of logic. And it can also get your three-year-old just excited and and wanting to learn more. And I find it amazing that, you know, like toys and play, it really probably is the only effective way to teach a three-year-old how to code. Because like, how else are you going to do that? You've got to make it fun. You've got to make it relevant. And one thing that I wanted to 
underscore you know like like there is i wouldn't say that there is a separation into like here is educational toys and here are the toys that are fun and imaginative i think a good toy is actually both right but definitely a good steam toy it is educational but one of our criteria in the framework is actually fun believe it or not so if a toy is not fun it does not matter how educational it is uh, it's not engaging. A child is gonna is not gonna play with that. So they're never gonna un unpack that educational value. So we make sure that those steam accredited toys they're fun to play with. That they ignite a child's imagination and and kids will be able to get the most education out of it without even realizing that that they're learning important things. Yeah, no, that's a great distinction. Just because it's steam does not mean it's not a fun toy. It, it will be fun as well. And or that's part of what you're grading. So that, that makes sense. And then those links that you gave, I'll also put in the show notes for the steam toys, just for the listeners here. So you can you can link to those and, and find it. So, you know, the, the competition, I feel like with there's toys playing, and then there's you know, daddy, can I, can I borrow your iPad? Hey, is it screen time? Hey, can I, you know, do a little bit more screen time. And, you know, I, I don't necessarily think screen time is something you want to totally get rid of, or nor can you in a sort of modern day as your kids get older. And I know also that there's difference in ages, different guidelines by ages, but I'd love to just jump in a little bit and maybe start by hearing how you guys or how you recommend balancing, you know, screen time and playtime. So, Balance is absolutely key, and the genius of play actually works with a lot of experts in child development and education, and we get those recommendations from them all the time, and we share them in our expert advice column on the website, so that is definitely where I would encourage people to go as a follow-up to the show, but in terms of what I'm hearing the most in terms of expert recommendations, well, definitely the balance. So not just screen time, but make sure that kids have access to traditional toys and games, physical, hands-on, that they have a lot of those alternatives and that they, they know that screens are not the only way to have fun. Right, that, that toys are also extremely, very much fun, maybe more so on the screen than some ways, depending on the toy, depending on the child. So that is very important. Also, a lot of our experts recommend signing what they call a contract, a media or screen time contract with your kid. And probably with an older kid, but I think it's never never too early to start. Probably the earlier the better. And what's important is that both you and your kid agree on a set of rules, right? And you can totally do that with a five or six year old. You know, I have a six year old niece and she's extremely smart and she loves toys, but she loves cartoons and she loves YouTube and streaming. And it is a constant struggle for, for my sister, for myself, for my uh, parents, for her grandparents. But having strict rules that both you and your child agree, and they could be, for instance, no cartoons during mealtime or no phones, no devices during mealtime. I think that's a great rule. Or, you know, no devices during the hour leading up to bedtime. That is a great rule to have. So putting parameters around what you can and cannot do. And the experts say that once you have the contract in place, 
it's really important to stick to the rules and be consistent because kids are like sponges and they will model their parents' behavior and the adult behavior. So if they catch you looking at your phone during the mealtime or before bedtime and your contract says you should not, you're not supposed to do that, guess what? They're going to model that behavior and they're not going to take this seriously. Uh, suddenly this contract is not going to be, not going to have that much weight. So having the contract is one thing, but being consistent and modeling those behaviors for your kids that you would like to see in them is is super important. I love that. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, a contract when your kids are of the age, if that's appropriate for them, but even with without the contract, it's the same idea where you have a rule, you have rules and you need to be clear, you need to be consistent. And then to your point, yeah, we need to be with everything. We need to be good models. We need to model, you know, can't, you know, don't yell. And you're yelling like, that. you know, <laughs> you're teaching, your, you know, what you're teaching your kids. Exactly. Exactly. If only they, they listen, not, not watched, but they watch, they see, they see everything. They see everything. No, that's super interesting. And I think it'll be interesting in the future as their, you know, screen time evolves or screens evolve. I'd be curious kind of what, what, if you're looking into your crystal ball, what you see kind of as the future of play evolving with technology and uh, how that might affect kids and where where you might see things going? Well, I think technology has been great for the toy industry because look, when I was a kid, I had a toy microscope and that was like one of my favorite toys, but it was a very analog microscope. It came with a couple of physical samples and then I was like using my own hair and nails to make it a little bit more interesting. So there was like limited play, uh, there was a lot of play value, but it was limited uh, by I guess the physical samples that I could examine for what I could do with that. So if you look at today's toys, and let's take the same thing, microscope, so it's apples to apples. So today's microscope, it's probably gonna come with so many digital slides and samples in addition to the physical ones. So all of a sudden, this universe that kids can explore, it's so much wider, it's so much bigger. They can look at the structure of a molecule, for instance. They can explore leaves of tropical exotic plants and things like that, and, and animals that, that you would never be able to get a physical sample of. So that just makes it so much more appealing and fun and educational. And technology is the big enabler of that. So you don't have to look far to see that technology, I think, has made toys so much more versatile, so much more augmented, right? So it's like marrying the physical reality with the augmented or virtual reality. And I think we're going to see more and more of that. So right now there's a lot of conversation about artificial intelligence. So AI is the hot guy on the block. So uh, for me personally, it will be very interesting to see how toy manufacturers incorporate some of those new advanced AI capabilities into toys. Mm, yeah, that's super interesting. I do. I, I, I wonder as well. I wonder as well. Well, this has been fantastic. Uh, fantastic. Anna. I would be, you know, I, I, again, I'll put I'll put links to our show notes to the Genius of Play and the Toy Association and some of the other um, specific pages we mentioned. I think there's a lot of great, great tools and resources and I'm really excited to check them out myself here. As we conclude, what's a message you want to impart to our listeners, to the dads about the importance of play, role of toys? What, what would you tell us? 
Well, you know, I wanted to share results of one study that I love and that is super relevant to dads because it actually looks at the impact of rough and tumble physical play with dads on behavior in school. So I don't know if you read about this study. It was done, I think, in the UK by the Cambridge University. So kids who played a lot with dads uh, in rough and tumble physical kind of play when they were toddlers, preschoolers, once they started school, they had better behaviors. They were less aggressive. So they were less likely to lash out at another kid. So when they had a conflict, they were more likely to handle it peacefully, resulting in you know better outcomes for everybody, better behaviors, obviously. So really, really interesting study. And I think that just goes to show how important dads are and how important playtime with dad is. And not to say that moms never play rough and tumble and physical, they do, but on average, and that will vary from person to person, but on average, a lot of times it's the dad that's like chasing you around the house or you climbing all over him. It's, it's active, it's physical, it's like rough and tumble kind of play. And that has such a huge such a huge benefit for kids and and like the benefit that you wouldn't expect necessarily right like you would expect that kids would be more maybe physically fit right because they have all this exercise but look they're actually more emotionally intelligent as a result so my message to dads would be keep playing with your kids uh, you're doing a great job and and you're also creating those shared memories building a bond which i think is another important benefit of play that we haven't really talked about but a good reminder at the end that play is how we develop relationships with with the kids play is their language so so if you want to speak their language you you better get on the floor and play with them that's right no that's very inspiring and you might have heard the door open there was a little bang in the middle of the interview my daughter had a half day and she's waiting for me to play dolls so after this that is where i'm going <laughs> but anna thank you so much this really was a tremendous episode i'm excited to check out those links for my kids and i'm sure my listeners will also get a lot of value so thanks again for joining us and we'll talk to you soon thank you will it's been a pleasure thanks for having me If you liked our podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. If you haven't joined us yet, go to adadspath.com to get our free newsletter exclusively for dads. And do you know a friend who might like this podcast? Send it on. We want to help as many dads as possible make fatherhood count. Dad on. <laughs>